controversial. Controversy <laughs> in T-Town. Okay, so... It's all right. Y'all are basketball school anyways. Give me football. Get away. This, this podcast is over. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Name Image Likeness, the podcast dedicated to covering the NIL world. I'm Wheeler. And I'm Chrissy. And we serve in the NIL team at VictoryFi. VictoryFi offers software built by Wheeler and our team that monitors NIL compliance and education. And we have a platform for student-athletes to create merch. Our framework platforms partners with athletic departments to teach student-athletes how to manage money earned through NIL and how to navigate the NIL world. Our Nilly.io platform is the easiest way to NIL. It allows student-athletes to build their own custom merchandise, so you can check that out at nillie.io. You know, Chrissy, I'll, I'll say we kind of slipped up a little bit. This is actually being recorded on a day after we yes, usually do because yes. we did have such an eventful end of the week. It truly was. We had a crazy end of the week. Um, can I just say my favorite? We did so much. Um, my favorite thing that we did was actually we did Dining in the Dark. It was an event that uh, to raise money for the Savannah Center for Blind and Low Vision. And I've never done anything like that. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I, obviously if I was listening in, I'd have no idea what this was. And <clears throat> until I actually went there, I never would have believed. So everybody went in and we went into this dinner, literally in the dark, in the complete darkness of the in-market arena. So brand new arena, which yeah, we love. It's Thank an amazing you, arena. They mm-hmm. did an awesome job. We love going there. Ghost Pirate Games. You know, we've mentioned that in the past, but it was so interesting that we all got led in there kind of in a single file line. It, it was almost like a haunted house where style where the person in the front starts leading and the person in the front was actually a SWAT team mm-hmm. member who had night vision goggles on. So he could see where he was going, but the rest of us, it was very, very um, tough to see. So, you know, it just follow through, find your table, sit down. And then we just tried not to pour wine on ourselves. It was so, you know, that line. So like you said, we were going in single file. So you were behind me. Our friend Billy was in front of me and I had my hand on his shoulder and you had your hand on my shoulder. And then there was a whole gaggle of ladies behind you and they were like pulling us backwards. And Billy, Billy's wife was in front of him and she is the tiniest little thing. And Casey was like keeping the line going. Yeah, she's going too fast. (laughs) So obviously if you're going too fast in the front, then the back is just trying to keep up. And then we had, uh, you know, for better or worse, you know, we had some older women back there that luckily they couldn't walk in cha- I mean, you know, it's tough, especially in the darkness. They can't see. So I think we should switch around next time and let them go in the front. Yes. Yeah, they can lead the way. But it was so fun. And then I also just cracked up. I saw you eating some salad with your hands. And I thought that was... <laughs> Honestly, one of the best moments of my life is just being able to eat food with your hands at a nice table that nobody can see. I don't know. It's fun. Whatever. It was a good time. I enjoyed that so much. And they did a good job raising money. For, it was uh, great. It was an awesome fundraiser. Before we even got there, I think they had already raised over $200,000. Um, and then they did a silent auction. So it was it was really, really, really great. Oh, but when they turned the lights back on. Oh, I felt like I had, I felt like, um, ooh, I don't know. I was like a vampire or something. It hurt. It hurt. They just all of a sudden turned all the lights up and we were all just dying. And and then the best part was, so like you mentioned earlier, there was wine on the table. And so everyone was drinking wine in the dark, but um, some people were filling their glasses up much more than others. And so when they turned the lights on, suddenly you could catch everyone who had like those huge glasses of wine, like that lady in the other table. Yeah. The girl next to us (laughs) had a full glass all the way to the brim and she got caught. That was, that was funny. That was good. 
All right, Chrissy, what else has been going on? Okay, so we also just wanted to shout out Savannah's new pro basketball team, the Savannah Hurricanes. They actually play in the Triple Threat Basketball League. And on Saturday, they beat the South Carolina Bulldogs 98-90. to So go Hurricanes. They actually uh, play at Beach down by our office. So we are really excited to have a pro team so close to us. That's right. Um, actually, that is really cool. I, I didn't know about it um until kind of more recently and i'm gonna start catching some of the games then it just seems like so much fun yeah they're so close um and i'm also excited for some of our upcoming nil deals with some of our nilly athletes i think this is going to be kind of a first of its kind so for those you don't know victify offers education software to schools athletic programs but the other group that we don't really talk about often are the services we provide for the girl scouts so yes different councils across america we help Girl Scouts earn badges using our platform, Moneyville, GS Moneyville. It's very cute. Y'all should check it out. If you visit our Victory Fi website, there's a link to it. And it is, it's just so much fun. It's software that troop leaders can use and then badge workshops. It's really, really great. But we are so excited because four of our Nilly athletes are actually doing this super unique NIL deal. It's actually the first that we know of, and we follow this every week, um, these four athletes are going to be leading a badge workshop for Girl Scouts across the country. So far, there's girls all the way from California to New Jersey and all the way, everywhere in between. It's really cool. Um, these girls are little juniors and cadets, and they're going to earn the good sportsmanship and the staying fit Okay, badges. so for our listeners, juniors and cadets, that if you don't know this stuff. I guess that's true if, you don't, if you're not always in Girl Scouts. What's the age group? So juniors are like fourth and fifth grade, and then cadets are in middle school. So they're, you know, they're like. They're bitty Yeah, they're just a little tiny. They're they're great. Um, but I would like to shout out to Brianna Oates, Jalen Sheffield, and Jamal Williams, who will be participating in this event. Um, they're awesome Nilly athletes. We have some more workshops to come in the future for more of our Nilly athletes. Um, Hannah One and I will also be there helping to lead the workshop. Uh, so I'm just, we just had to talk about it. I'm so excited you brought that up. It's great. Um, but Wheeler, what will we be covering in the main segment today? This is actually some, some really cool topic. Um, some kind of newer, not hard hitting news, but I don't know. It's, uh, I guess it's kind of the NCAA kind of, you know, standing tall again and, and getting their teeth back. We always said they're toothless, but, um, it sounds like they got a little bit more bite coming up. And so we shall see. Or, yeah, we shall see. <laughs> the threats are there, at least. Um, so, actually, what I'm talking about is the newly released conversation between NCAA Vice President of Enforcement, John Duncan, and Matt Banker from Collegiate Sports Connect and the D1 ticker during the NCAA convention. We wanted to highlight the conversation surrounding NIL from the perspective of NCAA enforcement. It is some, I'm about to say, pretty interesting, but I'm also thinking of a new word to use to describe things that I find of interest because I have listened to some of our episodes. It's and, captivating. And this is captivating. Really. Truly captivating. <laughs> um, but, and I cannot wait, it is captivating. Um, but before we get, to, get into that, should we go to the news and facts? That sounds interesting. Let's do it. <laughs> News and facts. The Nevada Senate Education Committee recently sponsored Senate Bill 70, which was pre-filed last week. If passed, this bill will revise Nevada's NIL legislation and make high-value NIL disclosures public. This is captivating because we have noticed that in the past, we have so much conversation about these big NIL deals, we don't actually know the specifics. Um, it would also make the Nevada Secretary of the State 
um, his name is Francisco Cisco Aguilar. It would give him control of this enforcement. But this is a little bit controversial because he is the founder of Blueprint Sports, and Blueprint Sports supports around 13 NIL collectives already. So this could be a pretty big conflict of interest. If he's getting to control NIL in the state, and he's already working with most of his collectives are in the state of Nevada. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, tricky. Also, our our um, well-known NIL lawyer, Darren Heitner, actually, wait, they called him for this article, and he's he's quoted as saying, this does not smell right. And I don't think it does either. Well, no. I, it sums up about that. In, in general, I think it's great that there's someone who is specifically going to be in charge, you know, like in charge of monitoring, I guess, as most secretary of states are. But Yeah, you need the air gap, you know, like in, in power and everything else. Yeah. You just need that one space yeah. where – you know, just the separation of interest. Of this I'm intrigued. I like, are we going to actually know what's coming out of Nevada? Will it get past anything? Maybe not. We've seen a lot of these bills started, Interesting. but yeah. Wait, I'll tell you what though, if it's even proposed out there, it, you know, it could be a publicity stunt. It just could be. I mean, now we're talking about talking blueprint, blueprint sports, right? So why not propose something to get your name out there and more collectives, you know, to know what about an you. effort to write a bill and get it. All, if this is all just a publicity stunt, Good for him. He deserves it. <laughs> You're not kidding. He was watching Schoolhouse Rock. All right, Cisco. Anyways, moving on. The New Mexico Senate has just introduced Senate Bill 219 titled College Student Athlete Endorsements. This would also amend the state law by removing the prohibition on schools arranging third-party compensation for an athlete's NIL. It would also remove the prohibition of NIL deals being used as inducements to recruit prospective athletes. This bill also removes prohibitions regarding college athletes' ability to sign with professional representation. So it just sounds like they felt like what they had passed initially was just too restrictive. Too tight. Yeah. Yeah, got to loosen up. You know, uh, you're trying to fit into your wedding suit two years later mm-hmm. and you gain a couple pounds, buttons are tight. You just got to loosen things up a little bit. That's the way I see it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, excellent uh, analogy. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Okay, so we have another bill. A new NIL bill has been introduced in the Oklahoma State Senate that would make sure student-athletes are not classified as employees of their school. So unlike some of these other bills that we've discussed earlier. So this is kind of getting crazy. Um, The bill would revise Oklahoma's current NIL legislation that strictly prohibits student-athletes from engaging in activities using school logos involving sports wagering, banned substances, or supporting entities of the university. It would also remove language from the original Oklahoma legislation that limits the impact collectives can have on NIL. So it sounds like Oklahoma is wanting to give their collectives as much impact as possible. Okay, Chrissy, in keeping tra- in keeping track of NIL on the high school level, so kind of alluding to what we did earlier um, in the previous weeks, some states are actually modifying their legislation. So high school officials in Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Michigan, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, North Carolina, South Dakota, and Wyoming have indicated they're also having discussions about revising their current NIL regulations. Very. That is very cool. I know we discussed Georgia a couple weeks ago. It's neat to see this. It really seems to be moving forward that most states are going to allow this. It seems. At least they're discussing it. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Okay. So I'm ready for an athlete segment. Are you ready? I am totally ready for it. That's right. It is time for the Mathlete segment. My name's Wheeler Fleming. I won a math trophy tournament. You did not win a math trophy or a math tournament. You came in third. 
I got a third place trophy back in sixth grade. So, <laughs> you know, you can trust my app. <laughs> so today, if, if you have kind of following along, one of the fun headlines, because who doesn't like angry old Nick Saban getting after NIL, right? It's just so much fun kind of seeing the powers change and what can happen from things. And so Nick Saban, the article is written by Steve Samra. Um, and it says, Nick Saban reveals former starter asked for 500K help get getting, help getting girlfriend into law school. So I wanted to break this down and see what exactly 500K means to getting into law school at Alabama. And is it truly that unreasonable of a request? So looking at the math, asking for 500K would automatically put this athlete unnamed at a 35% tax bracket. This leaves after the 500K, $325,000. In-state tuition at Alabama is $24,000. And out-of-state tuition is $44,470 per year. So assuming- And that's that, in law school? At law school. So assuming that you, if you follow your standard law program of three years, adding in room at $1,500 a month for three years and food and entertainment at $350 a month, you're actually looking at a total of in-state at $180,000 or a total of out-of-state at $242,010. So after tax, one, the in-state is over by $140,000 and the out-of-state tuition is only over by $83,000. That's a full-time salary over though. It is, but it but it, is it that crazy? I mean, the numbers are crazy, but is it the cost of living that's crazy and the rent and the tuition and the books and everything else that's really high? That's all. I mean, I think yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the answer is right. all of it is true, yeah. right? And especially when you look at something over time, mm -hmm. especially if putting in taxes, government, nobody talks about them getting 35% of that, right? That's something that's not heard of. And then you, you go in and, and you see, wow, this person's... Uh, you know, after taxes and then divided by three for three years and looking at tuition cost, you know, cost to live. It's not that crazy if they're out of state. Mm -hmm. In state, hey, you're kind of pushing a little bit, right? Over over by $150,000. That's, that's why. That's uh, interesting. That's a lot. But anyways, it was, it was cool to break these numbers down. And um, I think the, uh, I think Alabama said no and said athlete left. So. Wow. It's the NIL world. Wow. Um, that's interesting. Wheeler. I like that math lead segment. Controversial. Controversy <laughs> in T-Town. Okay, so. That's all right. Y'all are basketball school anyways. Who needs football? Get away. This this podcast is over. So, okay. That's that's my, <laughs> that's my athlete. Chrissy, would you like to hop in the main segment? What do we got coming up? I would love to. Okay. So, for our main segment, we just wanted to talk about how we, we watched this recording of NCAA VP of Enforcement, John Duncan, uh, his interview, and during the NCAA convention, and first of all, getting to it was a pain. Get it going to um, what is it? College sports? Oh my gosh! It was such a paywall to get through there. You were definitely getting signed up for their platform and getting on their email. You list could not view this. it. Yes, you could not. So we thought we'll we'll tell y'all if you want to sign up. There's great stuff on there, but it was like it was it. We had to jump through hoops. Yeah, like I'd this. love to share the link too, but it's so y'all are welcome. It's a private link. <laughs> I don't know if I can share it. Um, but it's just, um, yeah. yeah, but cool stuff on there once you get in. Okay. So he, again, he was speaking on several things, but what we wanted to pick up on was what he said about NIL and, and we wanted to share his thoughts. So, uh, here we go. We're just going to give you a little play by play Wheeler. Okay. So first John started, stated that the NCAA is a private voluntary association. So because of that and due to it, enforcement can be difficult. 
He said the main tool that the NCAA has is the cooperation. Keyword over and over again was the cooperation of member institutions. Absolutely. And I remember when we spoke with Vic Denardi last year, he 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 also was an enforcement official for the NCAA. He was talking about how it's it's self-reporting, right? And so it truly like co- cooperation is key, which is insane. Um, so then when talking about NIL, uh, he said that, and by he I mean John, John said that the NCAA does not weigh in heavily on policymaking about NIL, what he is talking about is like what they're doing with enforcing the rules. Um, He said that the NCAA's role is to protect compliant programs, number one. And he highlighted that the current interim NIL policy is really permissive. So that's actually kind of tough to violate since it's so broad. Like we've said before, and you mentioned earlier today, it doesn't have a a lot of teeth. Um, So it can be kind of tough to make sure people are following very broad rules. Yeah. And it was also interesting. He brought the the was the stick and carrot mm-hmm. kind of allegory or whatever. Yes. Like the, you know, we're here to, to provide the carrot for the institutions to do right, to stay mm-hmm. kind of not in line, but stay cooperative. And what really that meant was that if you do get trouble, as long as you are eating the carrots, then you are going to, you know, get less intense of like the mitigators are going to be on your side, essentially. So like if you play ball with the NCAA, it sounds like they're saying, hey, punishment will be less. Yes. So the more cooperative you are, the better things will be in case something does happen at your state level NIL that it's just kind of nuts, right? So John then went to discuss contract review. John said that there there absolutely must be action for the pay within an NIL contract. So basically no pay for play. The NCAA is more interested in the contract between athletes and companies or collectives that lead to the NIL activity rather than the actual performance of those acts. They want to make sure that players are not just getting money for doing nothing other than just playing for the school. Yeah, which which absolutely makes sense. That's what like the whole fear was, right? Yeah, it, it truly was was emphasizing that the collectives and how the money's raised is more important than anything else so far. Yes, yes, making sure they're following. And actually, speaking of collectives, he said that NCAA enforcement stays out of policy and interpretations, but he said that they would always rather help athletic programs or collectives to help prevent a violation than to actually process one. It seems like, like you said from the beginning, if you try to follow the rules, they'll try to work with you. So he said NCAA enforcement is, again, happy to work with schools and collectives to share their understanding of the interim policy and bylaws and try to help everyone be on the same page. Um, He also said that he knows that violations are occurring and he wants to be able to monitor for them. He briefly mentioned he had some things to keep in mind, but then he didn't name what they were. So I didn't think that was very helpful. Um, So he had some tips, but I guess you have to reach out to NCAA enforcement for these tips. Um, But he would love to talk to schools and collectives uh, about formal documents or anything like that. So very open to conversation. Yeah, he he was really focusing on data, like uh, just getting data. Mm -hmm. So he wanted data points from all these institution members and what things look like. And so I guess maybe that's why some of these these programs, these schools are using, that could be a next component. It's mm-hmm. like where the data is coming from. Is it legitimate? Mm-hmm. And But again, like who's, who has to release this data, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe if some of these states have their way, they would. Yeah. It, it's just super interesting. Interesting. So then John. Um, I mean, captivating. Cap- <laughs> positively captivating. 
John then said there is a new charging standard for the NIL and NIL adjacent behaviors that is now in effect. So this is cool. Like there's a whole new, we know, punishment out there. He said that they can now rely on more circumstantial evidence. This has not yet been applied to any case. However, it can be done and they are looking to apply punishments and rulings based off of circumstantial evidence to where it is now on the state and the member institution you know, Alabama, Auburn, whatever, to prove that they're innocent, which I find very, very different. So like they can go into us and provide these punishments and say, you have to prove your innocence because of the circumstantial evidence that yes, everybody's it's saying. Yes, it's no longer just like actual facts. Yeah, no, they can just say, this looks fishy. And of course, some things do look fishy, especially when the headlines come out. So that really could start kind of tightening up what collectives are allowed to do and how much kind of information schools and collectives share with each other. It truly is. That's tough. Um, and I know when when I was kind of watching that part too, John had said that over the history, like just since NIL has been around, people will notice that something is against policy. And logically they say, hey, this is an issue, but then people are very apprehensive to actually step forward and present evidence. And so I think that's why they wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Okay, so then he said that NCAA staffing is down by one third since pre-pandemic for uh, from pre-pandemic levels. He said that they're now in a position to fill some spots. And if anyone looks at our social media around Halloween, we did a little meme about um, a costume for a new NCAA NIL enforcement official, which I thought was hilarious. Um, But John said they have actually repurposed a former position that had been vacant. And this is that position that they're dedicating to NIL. Um, This person will share NIL information with member institutions and also collect potential violation information, circumstantial, (laughs) from member schools. And uh, they're excited to bring a person like this on board. So I know that we reported on that back in October, and I guess they still have not filled it. Right, right. Interesting. Um, yeah. And it's also interesting they're still down from pandemic levels. Mm-hmm. So is that less of funding or yeah. like why are they not hiring? Nor- does nobody want to work for them or they don't have the funding? I don't know. It's interesting. Hmm. Um, well, that's kind of like speculation in there. But the stuff we pr- provided was like from this interview, mm-hmm. it was super interesting. And, you know, we just really enjoyed hearing from, you know, from the horse, you know, horse and carrot's mouth, the enforcement official. So, John. Um, we actually interviewed a former, like you mentioned earlier, a former enforcement official, Dick Denardi, aka the best mustache in the game. Yes. And we did that last year. And also, that was also really interesting. It's super. If you want to learn more about that, listen to that episode if you haven't already. It's good. I just find it really fascinating that the NCAA is still being so vague on NIL. Mm-hmm. They just are. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. This was very, very captivating. But would you like to go to the Nillies? Let's check it out. Okay, so this week we're going to hear a little bit longer of a Nilly shout out. Um, we spoke with Nilly athlete Marquise Lawson Greenwood, and he just had a really, really lovely message. So we just decided to play just his message. It was a little longer than some of the others we were going to put with it. So we're going to play him today, and you'll hear from more athletes next week. So let's take a listen. So my name is Marquise Lawson Greenwood. I'm from Philadelphia, PA. I grew up with one, uh, one brother, one sister, both older than me. Uh, my mom names Taisha. Uh, that's my inspiration. I play football for Lincoln University of Oakland. I'm a DN, outside linebacker, hoping one day I'll make it to the league. I've been trying my whole life, had some back steps, but 
It's always a way forward. And the reason I'm doing this, the reason I wanted to sign with Nelly is because I feel like they could help me promote my brand the way I couldn't do it in the uh, days before. Because I have been working on my brand before. It's just I didn't know how or what to how how to start it or what to do with it. But I feel like Nelly got the the right tools and the right people to at least help me and guide me through the right steps to at least get my brand off the floor and get it to the right people's eyes. Um, I'm doing this because I feel like it's not enough older people helping a young generation to see the right way. Like, I feel like the street's not the right way for kids. The way that our generation is going is going to be is going to be bad. So I feel like my brand will help people realize, like, you don't have to follow after those people. You don't have to follow after these people, but you should forever be yourself. You should never turn. You should never turn your eye away from yourself. You shouldn't. Shouldn't do that. Never. It, it's you, as you can see. It's it's hard for me to talk about because it's just hard. I don't, I can't. I can't really. I can't really express it though. Where I want to out here because I feel like I'm gonna cry. No, my my brand is Ryan. Uh, you can pronounce it Rune or Ryan, but it's spelled Ryan. And it stands for it stands for realizing you're not everyone. Realize that you're yourself. You 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 are the person that's gonna get you out of every situation. You might have support, but at the end of the day, you're the only one that's gonna get you off your feet, off your butt, and onto your feet. So I just want to be able to get that brand out there, and hopefully be able to touch, not touch, but make young people feel like what I'm trying to get through. Like, this is not just for, it's not just for fame. I want kids to, like, understand, like, when you walk around with this shirt on, like, you telling everybody, like, I know I'm myself. I don't got act different around you. I don't act different around you. I don't got act different around you. This is me. This is me and who I want to be. This brand means a lot to me also because I want to start my generational wealth somehow. And I feel like this is, this is the way. Telling my uh, people after me that, my brand. You don't got you don't got to be nobody else but yourself. And for them to live off that, I feel like more of my family members were would be more uh inspired to do what they really wanted to do and not just work a nine to five. Like I believe everybody could be an entrepreneur. There's no way you have to work a nine to five. Somebody could be an entrepreneur. Marquise, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Nilly Fam. We're so excited to have you. And honestly, those words were just um, it was just a lot to. To, you know, what a good guy. Yeah. It yeah. was just, I mean, all, all around, super enjoyable. And it's just amazing the kind of athletes we have on our platform are just the best. They're That's just right. good people, hardworking, wanting to do amazing. We're so excited. That's right. Okay. All right, Chrissy. Uh, Nilly of the Week, you want to I would it? love to go first. Oh, sure. Okay. So I would just like to shout out Pokes with a Purpose Collective. Oklahoma State players recently helped donate coats and jackets to Trav's Coats for Kids. This this cause was actually started by meteorologist Travis Mayer out of Oklahoma to provide new or gently used jackets to help Oklahoma children and adults stay warm in the winter. I just think this is so neat. Um, the whole concept is really neat because the drop-off locations are dry cleaners and they will dry clean anything that was gently used. And then they give it to a church to give out to those in need. This was just it was just overall a really cool cause, and I love that this collective got involved. That is awesome. I actually never thought about that step after a drop-off. You know, you go to donate, and you, know, you want everything clean before mm -hmm. you use it, right, for, for the reasons. And that's so cool. They had that extra step, too. 
Super neat. Okay, uh, Wheeler, what's yours? What's up, folks? With the purpose, that's great. Uh, let's go. Mine is about UFC. UFC has signed Bella Mir, daughter of former UFC fighter champion Frank Mir, as the first ever UFC NIL ambassador, officials told ESPN on Friday. Bella Mir, 19, is a freshman at the University of Iowa and competes for the school's women's wrestling team. She's already 3-0, and you know, just like her father, as a professional MMA fighter. And this is really damn cool because this is marketing machine 101. Like once you get into UFC, that is nothing but NIL promoting marketing. So, wow, that's a huge step for her and really cool that we'll start seeing some, you know, some good fights. I love it. That is such a cool Nilly Wheeler. Well, thank you for setting it up. And hey, everybody, thank you for listening today. If you'd like to learn more about Victify's platform, visit Nilly.io. If you'd like to learn more about Framework's compliant platform and financial literacy courses, visit VictoryFi.com. If you'd like to learn more about our favorite recent Nillies from across the country, follow us on social media. Yes, we post a new Nilly Daily. That stupid fire video is still getting likes and watches on Instagram. I cannot believe it. You can follow our Instagram at name image likeness podcast or on Twitter at Victory Fight NIL. If you want it all in one place, you can follow our drift. And please remember to rate and review the podcast. It really helps us out. We've got some good stuff coming. So see you next week. Name Image Likeness is part of the Palm Tree Podco network of podcasts. The show is produced and edited by Anthony Palmer. Thanks to the team at Victory 5 for creating the content for this week's episode.